Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Unpack your knives and stay. Yes, stay. Welcome, everybody, to another slash the final Top Chef for half up of this season. I'm Haley Strong. I'm always here with you. Um, and I'm here today, not with Kurt and LaTanya. I miss them very much and I love them very much. But I'm here with two very good friends of mine. Emily Sure. Hey, what's up? Hello. You text me your Top Chef takes every week. Yes. Which is a thrill for me because I love nothing more than being live texted <laughs> anything, honestly. You know, text, uh, voice, memo, recaps of what's happening on Last Chance Kitchen. <laughs> and one time when an episode of Survivor was on, I think it was the finale and our power went out. <laughs> yeah. You FaceTimed us. <laughs> I had completely forgotten about that. Wow. Yes. <laughs> uh, and we're not alone. No, 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 no. We are here with another good friend of mine, my current spouse, Ethan. Hey, Haley. Hey, good friend, Haley. What's up? <laughs> Roommate Haley, not much. How are you? We are currently in different rooms. Coming You're right to behind you, me. Coming to you live from multiple rooms in our house. Um, you also sh- share your live takes with me about every episode of Top Chef. I do very live. Um, so Emily has a long storied history with Top Chef. Tell us about it. Um, yeah, I have been watching it for basically. In- when it started, I feel like I was watching all of the Bravo shows. I remember and they would just like air an entire season in a day because they didn't have actual programming <laughs> to fill. Um, no content, only Housewives and Top No Star. content, only like Housewives. Binging. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so I've been watching for a long time. And then uh, back when the pandemic started, I did a full total rewatch uh, before or as All Stars 2 started. So, Oh, man. Yeah, Ethan, what is uh, what what is your history with Top Chef? I have been watching Top Chef for roughly uh, two to three seasons with Top Chef uh, and Top Chef Canada, so about yeah. six seasons total. Yeah, uh, I'm new to the show, but I love it. Yeah, you started watching a lot a lot of shows when we officially moved in together. Yes, a lot of reality television. Yeah, but I can get into it. You like all of it. Who like who yeah. are your who are your top chef favorites from what we've seen? I've made you watch uh, a couple old seasons. 
Yeah, well, and I know like Richard Blaze from various appearances, you know, on the Food Network, other shows. So I know a lot of them, even if it's not from Top Chef. But yeah, love Richard Blaze. Love Melissa. She's awesome. Never seen uh, Kwame before, uh, before the season, but I love this guy. He's, uh, he's a positive energy. I like him. So uh, yeah, there's a few of the, of the alumni that I know and really like. Did you know that I think, I think Kwame and I were on the same season of Top Chef? Yes, you were on a season of Top Chef. I hear was. many a times the story. Well, it's a real thrill for me. Yeah. Um, the cat is currently screaming because both of us have our doors closed. Yeah, he doesn't like it. <laughs> He's not thrilled. Um, this season. So this is the finale. What have you guys thought of this season? Has this been like top notch for you? Um, middle of the road? Have you felt? How have you? How, how has the pandemic really changed? the way you watch Top Chef and the way Top Chef is portrayed on our TVs. I think, I feel like it's a show that it's definitely gotten more fuzzy over the years of like warm and fuzzy um, and positive given, I think the general shift of reality TV. I think we saw it starting with all stars and we saw it with this season of there's a lot of camaraderie within all of them. We never really had a real, villain which was kind of nice to see um on a show the season itself i thought started really strong i feel like it sort of stumbled a little towards the end but i feel like everyone involved was just sort of fatigued from the past year and then suddenly going into a tv production cycle at least that was my take on it yeah i think that makes sense yeah i was really into the season again it's like my third season so it's it's at least top two uh, next to All-Stars for sure. Um, I loved it. I, I very much love niceness in shows. I'm just, I think everybody should get along. I like it when the contestants get along. To me, there's nothing better than like, oh, man, you made such a good dish. You deserve to stay and I should go home. Like, that's my jam right there. So there was a lot of that this season. I know, like you said, no villains on the season for the most part. It was very nice, heavy. And I like that. Yeah. There is an elephant in the room when it comes to this finale. Yep. Gabe has won Top Chef. It came out at the end of, I, I think there was an article in December 2020 about, or at some point that Gabe had gotten fired from his executive chef position in Austin uh, due to, quote, repeated violations of our policies for behavior in conflict with our values. Um, so this is interesting. Um, there had been kind of maybe rumblings about it throughout the season, but nobody had really talked about it. Um, and is some things came out before the finale and some also came out after the finale. Um, so let me read what Gregory wrote on his Instagram. I think it was on his Instagram. He said, the, the, the restaurant industry has a long way to go. And I wonder if we will ever get there. First step, let's stop industry worker abuse. Um, and he goes on to say more about that. Um, yeah, working in restaurants, it's not easy. Um, you do get, um, involved with some people who are not super nice don't treat people super well. Um, and there isn't a whole lot about what Gabe got into. Is that the case? Well, there was 
I mean, so I yes, on. lots of content warnings for this next bit. Just yeah, just general content warnings. Yeah. So I mean, so I go on the Bravo Top Chef Reddit, and so there's been comments there from people who have interacted with Gabe. There also, I believe, I saw something where there was like an Instagram account that was started for sort of Austin service industry workers sharing experiences that had some negative things to say. So it's sort of been there's been rumblings. But it feels like it all has come out a lot more clear this week. Yeah, hard to hard to make anything of it right now. There's so little out there, but obviously it isn't portraying Gabe in the best sense. So you got to think that that is probably for a reason. But yeah, it just kind of definitely puts a bit of a damper on the finale. Yeah, it really kind of stamps out the fire that was this season. Um uh, it's hard for me to believe that he would have been fired from this job without absolute just cause. Yeah, um, I, would, I would agree. So, so what happens now? So, is this something that could have been found before his casting? Um, is this something once they had the season in the can that they could have figured out? Would they have reshot the season? Would they have just thrown it all in the dumpster like like we've seen other seasons go sometimes when um stuff like this comes out yeah i think you at least have to look into it and if you know there is something that can be done i think it should be done probably because i don't know i just i think it should be um so it reminds me probably most closely of a recent situation on RuPaul's Drag Race where it came out after the premiere episode or the second episode that one of the contestants, Sherry Pie, had been um, har- harassing Ben and pretending to be uh, like a casting agent and getting people to send him lewd videos. And they basically edited, him, edited, edited Sherry Pie out of the season. Now, they said that Cherry Pie would not appear at the finale, and the finale is recorded much later than the actual season. That's not really the case here. Um, so should they have should they have reshot the finale? I I don't know. I also think, yeah, I've been thinking of other situations that have been sort of like this on TV, thinking of the challenge, which has edited, they edited D out basically completely which made the episode where she went home make no sense, but it still happened. They also edited Eddie out completely of the first episode he was on and then removed him by production. I also think of the challenge season 30 where Camilla did all her stuff and then won the season. And there was incidents with her while filming a different show between the season ending filming and the finale where she wasn't at the finale. So Gabe wasn't on the Watch What Happens Live after show. I feel like we won't see him pushed forward by production moving forward. I don't think we'll see him back so in the now, show and anything. That makes but. me think of something. And when we were watching the finale, when they're going through the prize rundown, Ethan said to me, oh, do they not do the Denver like food and wine show anymore? Is that not one of the prizes anymore? And I was like, oh, like I thought it was. Like, do you think they took that prize out of the contract? Has that not been set all season and I'm just missing that? That would be interesting. Yeah. I, I guess that would be a clever bit of editing. It's, I mean, hard to edit out the winner, right? I think if he wasn't the winner, 
maybe that would have been the way they would have gone if they, you know, knew everything they could in time. But yeah, just unfortunate that it's the winner and it just kind of makes all that difficult. Yeah, I think of the prizes that are awarded to the winner, it is most likely that food and wine, like of the ones that they could potentially take away, the sort of food and wine stuff that involves another party putting him forward on a platform makes yeah. the most sense. Like there was, I can't remember what show it was, but there was someone who got, there was one it was Victoria Fuller on The Bachelor and she did the date with the photo shoot and she was supposed to get oh, on the cover of the magazine. Right, yeah. And then she had the White Lives Matter fish uh, t-shirt scandal um, and they she did not end up on the cover of the magazine. So I feel like this is a situation where another brand is involved in particular yeah. where that brand sort of can have some say. Yeah, good call. And if you are that brand, I think you're probably right to kind of separate yourself from that instead of you know yeah i'm affiliating with that i'm sure there's something in the contract saying like if they don't represent our brand the way we want like i'm sure we can cut that out yeah yeah my mind kind of just went to that maybe that event wasn't happening because of the pandemic but yeah you know maybe it is and uh i, I never did look that up I'm not sure either. Uh, it's just something that kind of popped into my little nagaruni. Um, yeah. So this puts a damper on what I felt like was a really fantastic season. Um, There's a lot of great characters. There was some really great winner potentials. Um, so it does suck that game one. And now, now this season is going to be looked at very differently. And I hope that this really starts um, you know, kind of a renaissance in the restaurant industry of how employees are treated and um, how a lot of the times the people in those positions aren't willing to speak up about what they're facing because they are low, they are low wage employees. They might not have many other options um, or, you know, if you're the, if it's at the executive chef, like he could get you fired. Like, you could find a million servers, but um, hard to find another executive chef to, to fill the vision of what you want. It's yeah. just a really unfortunate situation all around. Yeah. One of the details that sort of has come out about this was he was in what he says is a consensual relationship with an employee. And then when he returned from filming, he ended that relationship, but also cut that employee's hours. So there's a power dynamic. That's yeah. bad there. Yeah, that's. That's bad. Also, he's married, so like, also not great there too. Um, yeah, we are very much standing with with the victims in this situation. We, I, I really hope the restaurant industry can start changing. It's just they've been through so such a tough thing in general in the last year and a half. Um, hopefully, there's a lot of shifts that are going to be made. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that being said, let's talk about the finale as the finale. Um, we have three people going to the finale. Emily, how did you feel about the non-elimination last week? I was fine with it. I was excited to see all three cook their final meal. I sort of felt with Dawn sort of similar to how I felt with Stephanie in the last season where it was like, I just want her to get like the personal win for herself. I want her to get all the dishes out. And really just show off her best. 
didn't exactly happen, which uh-huh. was heartbreaking. Um, but I was okay with it being a final three. I think if someone did terribly last week, I'm pretty sure they were open that they could have sent someone home, but no one did enough. And I was fine with that. Mm-hmm. Ethan, what do you think? Yep. I like the final three. I think the more the merrier, uh, I especially uh, at the time, I would like to point out too that I did not know anything about Abe real quick. I'd like to say before this, so I was very excited to see like the three of them because at the time, you know, I really liked all three. Um, but I was excited to see just three cook. I think it's just less likely for it to be an obvious winner. You know, if yeah. it was just two of them and Don had messed up that first plate, I, I kind of wonder, you know, if it would have been exciting. Yeah, I also think that they're like three like completely different chefs with really dynamic points of view. Um, so it was great to see like three styles of of meals that I feel like we really haven't seen before in a Top Chef finale. Um, I think I probably was most excited about what Shota was doing. I, I've just been really enthralled by him all season. He's just his style has not been showcased on Top Chef very often um, or on really any American cooking shows, I feel like. Um, and I, I just love what he was doing. Uh, so on day one, they got six hours to prep and cook. And on day two, three hours before service begins. I thought this was a lot of time. Mm-hmm. It seemed like a lot of time. I think at the time, Haley, we had even said to each other, like, could it almost be too much time? You know, you start to think like, I, I have to, I can do that later. I can do yeah. that later. And eventually that can catch up. Yeah, it also felt like they had an entire day to shop and they had sort of wide access to places, which I think is really exciting for Top Chef to see them going to the Mexican supermarkets and the Asian supermarkets and really having access to sort of whatever ingredient the chefs want, as well as all the farm. They went to so many farms, it felt like. Great. Yes, I I really love that aspect of it. Um, I always find it interesting. um, Ethan had asked me, like, do you go into the series knowing what your finale meal is going to be or is it like on the fly kind of what you've learned throughout the the season yeah i always wonder that emily what what do you think you would do um i don't know sometimes there's more of a break between filming at least they used Mm -hmm. to have such a bigger break that like people would come back with completely different hair yes three seasons in a row where someone showed up with a mohawk it was incredible that's awesome Yes. And they would like spend time really developing and planning. And I think what we've seen, and then even like with All Stars too, they went to Italy. It was more of a trip. And I think it was more of a transplant to like get them in the finale mindset that I think while the Oregon coast is beautiful, it wasn't necessarily the same thing. Um, But I do think they all came in with a dessert plan. I am 100% certain that they all had a dessert ready to go. I think if that's the one thing you have to sort of pre-plan, and I think the judges said that was their most successful course, which I think makes sense given, at least my guess is, if you have time to think of something, you're trying to figure out that last course. I think that's an excellent point. And, And you do hear a lot that the top chefs come in. Um, I remember the really tall guy with glasses came into Top Chef Kentucky being like, my wife's a pastry chef. I came in with one dessert and that's it. And now I have to do it because this is a dessert challenge. And I feel like that's probably the case with a lot of these chefs. What would you do, Haley? What would what, I would, do? Would Would you already know the... No, not the food. I don't care about that. Just like, uh, what would you do? Would you already know what you want to cook or would you let 
it be open to, you know, what you learn, the techniques and I along think, the way? I think I would probably like have ideas. It's kind of like your survivor jury speech, right? You kind of have in your head what you might say. You yeah. kind of have ideas, but then you're influenced by what's around you because like, you know, you do the season in California and then you go to Italy. You do the season in Kentucky and you go to uh, where, do, where do they go? They went. Did they go to somewhere in Asia? I believe, right? Yeah. Um, let me see. Nothing like some Kentucky barbecue in the heart of Asia. <laughs> it's true, though. Um, you know, because you you do kind of have to be open about where that finale might end up. Um, they went to Macau. Yes, yes, they went to Macau. Yeah. Um, so it's just w- what you're going to be able to find in Macau is very different from what is in Kentucky. Yeah, uh, so, I, it, it, but so you do have to be open about what might be available to you wherever you end up. Yeah, mm-hmm. great point. I'm such a planner. I think I would just try to have it all ready, ready to go. And then, yeah, maybe that would completely backfire and I'd just be stumped. Um, so they got to draw knives for their partners. I think everyone really got the partner they wanted. What partnership, Emily, were you most excited about? Um, I think Abe and Maria, I think it was the first time they actually cooked together all season, I believe. That's what I think they said. But I think that was exciting to see them finally partner up. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, all of the partners made perfect sense. I agree. I don't think it would have turned out any differently. I definitely think like Jamie and Dawn were the most odd couple when it comes to their style, but um God, I love Jamie. I know. What a thrill yeah, she always, is. It's always nice to get those chefs back who uh, just barely didn't make it, right? Yeah. I love seeing them cook and it just feels like all stars again. I think that's what's been really fun about this season is just seeing all of our faves. Um so the first course, Shoda made sashimi three ways with mackerel cured salmon tuna with soy sauce this was stunning i loved it this is probably what if if i got the the choice between three dishes on a menu this is definitely what i would choose i think down the line if i had to choose one menu it would probably be shoda's Mm -hmm. it was definitely the most different most out there it was so exciting and so like perfectly done both aesthetically and mouth wise. Mouth wise. Mouth wise. Okay. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I like Shoda's a lot. I think uh, I, I found myself wanting his dishes the most. Yes. I also was just rooting for him like crazy. I loved him all season. So. Yeah, who didn't? Shoda was the best. Um, he just had such a good story and he was so. It just had one of those stories that you root for. Yeah, he was like engaging. He was very engaging where like Gabe was a great chef, but I was never super drawn into his story because he, he it always felt like his hand like he kind of had his hand out like he didn't want anyone to get to. I don't know. It just I wasn't as engaged. I wasn't as engaged. Mm-hmm. Where like Don Don I found just to be absolutely gripping. Yes. And stressful. And, oh, yeah. and very stressful. Speaking of Don, not always speak- gripping for the right reason. <laughs> uh, Don, yeah, Don made lamb tartare with tomato and cherry salad, beef, beef tendon puff, and rice honey bread. Um, she didn't get a couple components on a couple of the dishes. Some were missing the bread, and some were missing the tendon puff. 
What the hell happened? Just, just a lot going on on that dish. That's a lot for your first dish. Yeah. Time. It was so much going on and it the I feel like Dawn when she decided on her menu to deviate from that in any way would have been like failure to her I feel like mm-hmm. like she should have cut the bread I she should have cut the bread she was doing the bread that morning she also had to do the bread for the dessert and it seemed like that extra component and that extra time took a lot of stuff away where if she didn't have it the dish would have been fine anyway and I just I don't know if I could see her willing to not try and accomplish everything mm-hmm. she set out and instead scale it back. Yeah, like I really it, it does feel like of a, a couple very separate elements. Like even her plating it was like one, two, three and it wasn't all together. She could have easily just left off one of the components on every dish and not said anything and it would have been fine. Um it was it was like devastating to see her do this. Um I felt like in that moment I knew she lost, she knew she lost. Because I just don't think, as much as the judges look at that particular meal, it's hard to receive something not complete after getting a bunch of non-complete dishes throughout the season and be like, you still can win here. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's just happened too many times. that By the time you get to the finale, really, it's just, can't have that. Yeah. It sort of, it came up briefly on the Watch What Happens Live after, so the three main judges were there and they were asked a little bit about that. And they were like, going into it, Don totally had a shot to sort of pass it. Like they sort of saw Gabe and showed us the standouts, but Don totally could have wowed them. But once that happened, it's really hard to come back from that. Yeah, I would agree. And you even saw the night before when um, the final three were dining with the all-stars and that fun little meal. Um, what One of them even pulled Don aside and said like, let's scale it back. Let's, not do too much. And I, I think you're totally right, Emily. I think when she had her heart set on what she was going to do, there there was no changing her mind. Yeah, Nina Nina pulled her aside at the fun dinner, which, Emily, you're the best. You sent me the dishes that they had at this fun dinner. Uh, Richard made pilo beef with bone marrow. Uh, Melissa made Shanghainese sea bass with soy caramel glaze. Gregory made duck curry. Dale made Dungeness crab rice. Also, there was a giant crab oil there. Yeah. Uh, what a thrill. Which one are you grabbing? I think Gregory's duck curry. Also, Dale's crab rice looked amazing. Um, I want yeah. a crab oil. I always want a crab oil. Yes. I want to live my life in a crab oil lane. I think I'm taking seconds of the curry and quite a bit of that bone marrow oh, half yeah. on the crab oil. Yeah, it looked amazing. The vibes on that night just seemed so great. I think it really highlighted the why having the All-Stars as the judges was so great. If they were there, they could give advice, but it also was very much like, welcome to like, you are one of our peers now mm-hmm. going forward. I wish, I just so wish Don had listened to Nina. Or like had that like knee on her shoulder to be like, just stop worrying about the spread. Stop worrying about whatever this is and just do what you have and make sure it's perfect. It's such a shame because I think Dawn's dishes were really cool. And they, 
I loved her style and I think she's fantastic. It's just such a shame that she just kept letting herself down and she didn't figure out a way to overcome that weakness of not being able to get everything on the plate. Like she did it five times. Mm -hmm. Like I'm worried that's going to be her legacy on top chef. Yeah. It's hard. Would you want to see her back for an all-star season? Yeah, I would. I'd love to see her and I'd love to see Maria, maybe even like Shoda and Sarah. Like there's a lot of great people on this cast that I'd Mm -hmm. love to see again. But I think Dawn, like, like give me Top Chef unfinished business. (laughs) Yeah. It's just, it's hard. I feel like maybe it's just not the right format for her, but it is just heartbreaking. Yeah. I hope that if she does come back, she really is able to kind of, um, uh, get over that little, you know, speed hump or um, I think she did long jump, like the, what's it called? The course when you long jump? Yeah, she was a long jumper. She was a long jumper, but are you thinking of a hurdle? Yeah, but like the long jump version of a hurdle, which is the sand. Is it a sand, is it just a sand pit? It's a sand pit. I mean, there's also a steeplechase where the hurdles are one long hurdle, and then you also have one that goes into water. No, I just Haley, have you been watching the track and field trials? Not yet. Not yet. Clearly not. We watch the gymnastic, but not the yeah. track and field. Listen, I'm in it for the gymnastics. I do have to catch up before I do my biannual Olympics podcast. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Um, Gabe made a fried cochita, cochinita people head cheese with habanero ash emulsion, avocado mousse, and kumquat sauce. Seems... It looked good. It looked good. It looked good. It was weird at first glance for me. I'm, I guess, a little squeamish when I see the pig head there, but I thought it really came together and looked delicious. Yeah, the judges' notes were very high on the sauce work, which I think was sort of the biggest consistency throughout his menu. Tom didn't like the breading on the head cheese, so there's a little negative there, but they love the sauce. I feel like it's one of those things where they just like had to find something to maybe yes. like. Mark down Gabe on. 
Um, I think I think it's pretty obvious that Gabe should just have a sauce. Uh, like that's every yeah. dish is just like oh, sauce city. Is really, the best part, oh, this <laughs> mole, if you will, is just delicious. And He's, clearly, he just needs to bottle some of those up. Yeah, that business might not be as yeah from yeah from his cave. <laughs> as uh, as feasible now as it was one and a half weeks ago. Uh, yeah. The second course showed a main sautéed water spinach, sautéed burdock root with m- white miso burdock root puree with octopus garage. Uh, do you think he should have gone heavier on the octopus? He, he you know, kind of halfway through, he was like, I'm going to make this a vegetable forward dish. Um, this might have been kind of where he started to falter in the judges' minds where like Gabe started to take you know take the race if you will. Mm-hmm. Um because they felt it was more of a side dish than a course. Mm-hmm. I think part of them like versus like old seasons of Top Chef, they would each each of the finalists would do a menu and like a separate oh, like, right. restaurant like they would yeah. go to like a resort somewhere and they would take over one of the restaurants on the resort and it would be sort of one full start to finish experience at each and then you'd switch and then in recent seasons they've been doing sort of all three courses from each person at once which i think leads to more of this sort of comparison so when you get to like very seafood more integrated dishes compared yeah. to the one that feels more like a side dish is just going to feel more like a side dish. That makes total sense. Yeah, I think that's a really good read on it. Yeah, they didn't seem thrilled by it. I think they called it oily. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, I found that um, when we got to Judge's Table and Melissa was actually telling Shoda about it, it sounded like she liked it a lot more then. She was just like, oh, it's really like bright and everything. And I love that you had the courage to do a vegetable dish. But anytime he wasn't around, they were like, that was just a side joke. <laughs> uh, Dom made green gumbo with seafood and fermented rice fritter. For me, this was, um, I thought, the coolest looking dish of, of the course. Um, I loved the big whole seafood in the green gumbo. Uh, they said that the rice fritter was the best thing on that plate. Um, the judges actually didn't love like, the big seafood. They felt it was like a little clunky in the dish. Yeah, I don't know. I really wanted to try that rice fritter. It looks so good. Ethan, are you out because there's seafood involved? This whole course uh, for you is like, oh, I'm just going to take a pass on this one. I'm going to head out to the bathroom while you guys eat yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> I guess like the green gumbo, just it's not like the most visually appealing at first uh, glance kind of thing. It sounds like it's in the doctor's suit or something. But uh, it, it this one wasn't for me. I don't know if I've seen a green gumbo like that. Yeah, it was interesting. Yeah, I don't know. They called back Leah Chase, who has been discussed on the show several times before, which was always nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gabe made a scallop aguachile with fermented pineapple and roasted scallop oil. Do sign me up for the fermented pineapple. Do not sign me up for the anaphylaxis I will face <laughs> if presented with a scallop dish. Haley, I will eat your seconds. Oh, this looks amazing. So jealous. Oh my god. Yeah, even though I'm not big into seafood, I think this was maybe my favorite dish of the night. I just thought it was so interesting and creative and using the kombucha like that. And he, he seemed like he was being really precise, like dropping things into it. It, it uh, to me it was just a really neat dish that really came together and I think the judges really liked it too. 
Um, in the third course, Shoda made beef tongue curry with braised turnips and fuku jinzuke pickles. Um, the way he cooked this, everyone else was nervous. He like did a cook on it and then left it in the stove that was off overnight to really tenderize it. I think it came out exactly how he wanted it to. Uh, this dish was inspired by his mom. Um, but I think this was kind of, they love the judges loved the flavors, but they didn't love that. It felt like a quote unquote staff meal, just kind of like what you throw together um, at the end of a shift, just to, to, to have something to eat, whatever's left. Um, I don't know if I totally agree with that, but again, I didn't eat it, so I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't know. Haley, did this, so Shoda's whole thing of like, I've cooked too refined, I need to cook food from the heart. Did it remind you a little bit of Michael Voltaggio's like, I'm a robot panic? <laughs> I didn't even season. think of that. Oh my god, that's too funny. Because where he made, Michael, where he made <laughs> lasagna. Yeah, it says a way to prove that he has feelings and emotions yeah. and a heart. <laughs> Um, hilarious so I sort of was thinking of that but it was interesting in that Shota sort of came to that decision by himself it sort of had the feel of I feel like we've had times where people on the show have been like oh I need to elevate my cuisine and it's like oh you're fine you're fine they like your cuisine as it is and this sort of felt the similar if he was like oh now I gotta cook from the heart and it's like no one ever said that everyone really loves your food Mm -hmm. don't need to do that yeah we've never heard that once because he has so much personality and the personality comes out in his food is just yeah it's not like I don't know I guess it's his version of soulful he doesn't need to like make it other people's version of soulful yeah yeah I I think he was really good at doing those refined dishes and you know maybe his appetizer was his most refined and maybe his most successful but he did say at the beginning that he didn't want anything overly complicated, but he could make sure that he finished each dish. Maybe that was just playing it a bit too safe. He yeah, like cozy coursing. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we love Shoda. Um, Don made braised beef cheek with black-eyed peas and butter turnips. Um, the judges just absolutely raved about this one. This was probably their favorite main course, easily. Mm-hmm. And yeah, do you think if do you think if Dawn didn't leave off the other pieces on her dish that this could have bumped her up? Yeah, I mean when they were doing the sort of a head to head at the end, they gave this one to her, and I think, yeah, I think it could have maybe pushed her over the edge. But I also just think she was pretty frazzled from that first one. Yeah, yeah, she did an okay job of bouncing back, but I think she was a little bit frazzled. Yeah, I do think she recovered as well as anyone could like hope for. Um, I feel like in that scenario, I would just be like, I'm done. Like, what's the point? I know I'm so out. Like, I just, I messed up so badly. I'm embarrassed. So, but Dawn was, she really was like, okay, let's put our big girl shoes on and let's get this going. Can I just say before you pronounce the next dish that I just assumed somebody on here would be doing a better job? Of pronouncing all of the dishes than it just being you winging it. How dare you? <laughs> I just assumed that somebody would be on here that did that for Like, first of all, I tried very hard. Second of all, I've been doing this for years now. How do you not know that? Do you not listen to the Top Chef podcast? Um, I I guess not. I, I shame, sometimes, shame sometimes on I you, Ethan G. Fahey. Yeah, sometimes I sit outside your door and no, listen. No, you don't. I can, this I is a lie. You put earplugs. You no, you put earplugs in and you call it a day. 
I can't, I cannot believe you've never listened to a single episode of the Top Chef for Hap Up. Better be subscribed to in your podcast feed, at least. I will. Yeah, you will. <laughs> Sorry, continue. Emily, are my pronunciations really that bad? <laughs> I try hard. No. Thank you. You do. I know this because I listen to the Yeah, pod Emily's a good friend. Yeah. I text it Sorry. as I am listening. Yeah, she texts me during the episode and then she texts me while she's listening to the podcast after. Yeah, sorry. I could kick you out right now of the podcast, <laughs> not out of the house. I need you to pay the mortgage with me. Sorry. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm thrown off. Um, Gabe made short rib with chichilo, negro mole, mushrooms and pickled persimmons. I thought this sounded fantastic. Plating, I needed more color. I needed more than that, just one green leaf. I wanted some sort of like radish or pickled onion or something just to like really brighten it because it was just kind of like a, a dark and brown plate. Yes, I think, yeah, you're nailing it right on the head of that sort of, I think something, the pickled persimmons I didn't see very much of mm-hmm. um, and I think would have been nice. This, I would have loved to try it. I'm not a big mushroom person. So then when they're talking about how burnt the mushrooms were, wasn't super interested in it but like i would if someone else at the table had ordered it i would be sneaking bites of it right a bit yeah i love a short rib um i just don't love a heavy burnt flavor so when tom was like oh the mushrooms were burnt i was like i like mushrooms and burnt (laughs) i was right there you love a strong flavor I, I thought this was I I would probably have ordered Gabe. So in all honesty, like presented with those three things, I love I love a short rib. Holy, and I love like that mole needed color, but it looked just so rich and delicious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he said there was like twenty ingredients in it, and it seemed like he was making five different moles at first, and then was going to combine them into one giant mole, one mother that. mole. Yes. Um, in the fourth course, Gabe made candy delica- delicata squash with Cafe Mexicano ice cream. Now I'm like embarrassed of the way. I'm sorry. I should have waited until after the podcast. Ne- probably probably yeah, never, never told realistically. Me. You know yeah. I'm delicate. I'm delicata. 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 <laughs> I love the idea of like a, a vegetable dessert. I'm not going to lie. Yes. No, it looked amazing. It just came out and the color was so gorgeous. It was so shiny for a piece of yeah. <laughs> I thought it looked great, yeah. Unless you're like pouring olive oil on the vegetable, it doesn't really have that shine. Uh, <laughs> Mexicano ice cream, like, do sign me up for that. Honestly, all three of these desserts, if they were in front of me, I would not ever stop eating them. They all looked amazing. This was definitely the course when I wanted all of it and I wanted multiple. I wanted to be like Dale and just ask for a second of yes. probably all of it. And Don's like, guys, you know, I could only get 12 on the plate, right? Like, that's all I could do. Um, Don made yam bread pudding with butter pecan anglaise with purple yam and apple compote. Again, I love that. I love using vegetables in dessert. What a great way to eat vegetables and feel good about yourself. Um, I'm not normally like a big bread pudding fan, but sometimes I'll see it on TV and I'm like, yes, sign me up for that. And a butter pecan anglaise, like, ooh, that sounds nice. 
Yeah, Tiffany Derry, who showed up uh, for the finale alone, um, love her, gave it a hallelujah. I'm like, I'm like angry that she's only in the finale. And I know that she shows up on some of the Top Chef amateurs, so that's probably like where we got her. But like, I'm mad they they kept her from us for so long. Yes. I in my big Top Chef rewatch, it was very clear on DC that she was the star from that season. Um, and it's always good to see her on my screen again. Love her. And when she appeared, I like I genuinely squealed. Um, Shoda made Hoji tea cheesecake with cedar smoked gelato. Now I this would be my favorite. I love cheesecake. I love the way he used tea and it's a really kind of like balance out the heavy sweetness of a cheesecake. I thought all of these desserts were really interestingly balanced, which mm-hmm. I feel like they do a good job at in Top Chef because because they're not pastry chefs, they don't tend to go super sweet. I love the idea of the cedar smoked gelato. Like, what is that like? Yeah, probably very yeah. rich and flavorful. And yeah. I thought that too. I was just like, I want to try that. Yeah, like, does it taste yeah. like burnt, do you think? Like, would it be... <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Ethan, you don't like particularly super sweet desserts. No, so I, I don't. I feel like this would be really up your alley. Yeah, and uh, Gabe's vegetable, I thought, looked good, since I don't like overly sweet things. I, Yeah, these I would have a tough time choosing between these three. Yeah, I would probably order Shoda's. It looked... It, it, I still can't get over how gorgeous it looked, the little fig um, mm-hmm. that was on the thing. It just sounded so interesting. And the hoji tea being like sort of a different take of green tea than I've ever really tried. I absolutely wanted to try this. And I love that it was like in a strip. It was just so beautiful. I thought this whole menu by everyone was just absolutely stunning. Um, but to me, after the meal was done, it felt very obvious that Gabe had it in the bag. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so too. Just too many little things by Shoda and kind of one big thing by Don. And <laughs> yeah. I think and I think it was Gabe, yeah. It it really felt like any any qualms they had with his meal were like nitpicking to just to say something. Mm-hmm. Um but that's it. That's that's the season. That's the meal. Gabe won. Um yeah. It it feels like a different win now. Um and that's just sometimes what you get when you have a reality TV and you bring people on who are complicated and not always great people. Um, is this something that could have even come out in casting? Like, I know, I know we give the bachelor production a lot of, sh- a lot of S for casting, like very obvious, like racist or like people with, like harassment on their criminal records um so it's hard to say what they could have done in the in the pre-show mm-hmm. yeah it it's is just uh yeah sorry it, it is just a really unfortunate ending i think especially on a season where there were so many beautiful characters um and so many great stories it's just just an unfortunate way to end it yeah, it was such a positive to have Top Chef come back. It was such a positive just to hear that they were filming again back when it happened because they started filming early in the pandemic mm-hmm. where it almost felt like we were never going to get a n- real new TV show again. Um, and just hearing that they were filming, it was so exciting. Um, 
and seeing all these people on our screen. I think the way they hyped up the season of being able to cast all these people that they couldn't cast before because it was hard to take executive chefs away from running a restaurant. There was so much momentum that it's really sad that it sort of ended in this sort of cloudy way where it feels like we're all trying to like, or at least the Bravo Top Chef folks are trying to really just like sprint forward into Top Chef amateurs and not Mm -hmm. have you sort of dwell on this. Yeah, which sucks because it really was such like a wonderful season. Um, I absolutely adored bringing in the other, like the the past Top Chefs. I think that really added something fantastic Mm -hmm. to the season. Um, I think the diversity that they achieved in this in the season when it comes to casting was just absolutely phenomenal. I think the characters we had were great. Um, so it is, it, it's, it's very disappointing. It sucks. Our thoughts are with the people who are affected by having to watch the show and know that this is the case. Um, but hopefully that this is something they, they can learn from and um, have steps to avoid in the future. Emily, any hot goss from the watch what happens live episode? Um, let's see. I took notes. Um, <laughs> Both you and Ethan took notes for this podcast. <laughs> what angels? Um, let's see. Who were they most surprised to make it as far as they did? All of the all of the judges said Jamie. Who they would hire oh. as a personal chef? Um, Padma said Don. Gail said Maria. Um, mostly to just have Maria's personality yeah. around. Yeah. Overall, best plating went to Byron, which mm. sort of surprised me. It surprised me. Um, I feel like we saw nothing really of Byron. Yeah. When asked who did the most innovative food, Tom um, kind of just said that nothing was that innovative and that they all were just sort of cooking their cuisines very, very well, but no one was doing anything like, I don't know, nothing like back in the early days where it was like Richard Blaze brought out molecular gastronomy and everyone acted like it was the most they had never seen it before (laughs) um let's see oh and then they did some asking about like it was one of those things where andy cohen asked all these like what was your least tasty dish ever who had the hardest time taking criticism what would like all these things Mm -hmm. of negative and they just kept repeatedly um talking about how bad season two was so they were like the yeah the three worst dishes they ever had one was a lawn one was something from sam talbot another was from vegas who had the hardest time taking criticism elia so it really worked oh yeah tom hated elia oh yeah there was um one fun uh moment where they all had to agree or disagree on a thing that andy cohen would read and he basically asked if they thought that heather from top chef texas was the worst villain and none of the judges could remember who she was. <gasps> oh, I feel like they very much try and you know what? That's actually a good comparison is Top Chef Texas because that's a very much forgotten season. But the cast was horrific on that one. And the winner also turned out to be a, a shit person from yeah. Texas. <laughs> um yeah and they very much swept that season under the rug and we yeah. talk about it fondly um so that we might be the ed back oh god i love ed so much yes yeah i think when i think of how top chef has handled sort of controversies like this in the past like the paul thing um i also i don't 
the Nick Elmy win definitely isn't the same at all, but there is a little of, we don't see him brought forward as much. I mean, we still, I think it was Eddie worked with him. And so they talked about Nick on the show, but they still push forward Nina a lot more. Mm-hmm. So you see sort of the decisions that the show makes and who they spotlight. And I think moving forward, we'll definitely see. Show yeah, it seems because Dawn, it doesn't mean that. More. Yeah, I totally agree. Just because you win doesn't mean you're the you're the superstar of the season. Yeah. It's often more personality based. Um, overall, I did enjoy the season. Um, it was a thrill to be able to watch it. Where do you think we're going next? I would love to see. I, I feel like Portland's a se- Portland is a location we've talked about for a long time. A lot of a lot of the seasons or locations we've mentioned have been uh, picked up. Should we say? Mm-hmm. Um, I want to see Philadelphia. Yeah, it's wild that we haven't seen Philly yet. I think that would be a really fun location. It's pretty central. Pennsylvania is underrated. I'm just going to say that right now. Pennsylvania is an underrated state. Haley, hear me out. Hershey Park. <gasps> oh, yes. A dream. A dream. Emily, see, you're writing the show for the Magical Elves. Are you listening? Yes. Yeah, I think. that's yes, 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 yes. I'm, I'm in. I'm very in. We're doing this. I'm in. Um, but I can't really think of like anywhere else that we haven't hit that we're missing. I think they could probably do something in the Midwest again. I don't know where that would be. I don't know if it would be somewhere like Detroit, Minneapolis, St. Louis. Yeah, I think. We had such a string of time when we were in the South. I think it'd be nice to see somewhere else. We could do Top Chef Other Portland, where it's Top Chef Maine. <laughs> Go see dogs. Yes. <laughs> it. Yeah, I, I, I'm not really sure where they're going to go next. Um Yeah, like, do you think they'd go back to the coast? Like, do you think we'd see, like, a Top Chef Fort Lauderdale or something? Top Just Chef Orlando. Full redo of Top Chef Miami. Yeah. Oh, God. Where where else could they even go? I mean, there's a yeah. ton of places. Why? I clearly don't know uh, enough about this, but I can just start naming cities if you want. Sure. That'd be I'm, great. I'm, no, go I'm not. Doing that. No, that doesn't seem like a good podcasting. Mm, you'd be surprised what passes for good podcasting when I'm involved. What, have, is there a, are there states they haven't been to? Obviously, right? Have they, have they ever gone to like Alaska or something? They did yeah. on Seattle. Yeah, they did on Seattle, Seattle for the finale. Yeah, let's go somewhere weird. Yeah, They're not filming it. anything yet, are they? No, probably not till the fall. Okay, they've been filming in the fall the last couple seasons. Cooler for them. Yeah, fair. I could see them like returning to California again, just to something easy, but just like do San Francisco part de. Yeah, or part twi. I can't remember. Yeah, I, th- I think the first season was in San Francisco, mm-hmm. maybe. Yeah, but yeah. I don't know if they've ever really gone back except in Top Chef California. Mm-hmm. Maybe they wait. wait. <laughs> what? Top Chef Nima Colon. Stop. <laughs> shell room. You're, this is the shell room challenge. You have to do a quick fire in the shell room. <laughs> yes. 
They could do a day if they went to Philadelphia at Nima Colon. Yes. There we go. Just have Top Chef follow where The Bachelor is. Top Chef New Mexico. I don't don't hate it. I don't hate it. Death Valley Challenge. (laughs) Top Chef Deserts. Yeah. Instead of Top Chef Desserts. (laughs) (laughs) I laughed way too hard at my own joke on that one. That is funny to me. Ooh, um, if is there any places you'd like to see them go back to? I could see Chicago again. Yeah, it's been a long time. I could see Chicago. I I think a Miami redo would be good. Mm-hmm. That season when I did my big rewatch, that one was kind of rough. Of it was a lot of catering parties and shellfish yeah. and seafood, and it w- it just didn't feel exciting in a way that I think it could be if they did it again. How did Top Chef make it past seasons two and three back to back? It truly is so hard to think through. I I mean, the fact that they made it to season three after season two is also just wild. Yeah, once they hit season four, that's really where they kind of hit their stride. Like season four was fantastic. It's just, Mm -hmm. wow, two and three were roof. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Anything else about this season? What do you got? Um, oh, one other thing to mention during the Watch What Happens Live was the judges were asked if Shoda and Sarah should <gasps> date. Yes. That's Haley's dream. Yes. Emily introduced me to the dream. Oh. oh I, I was deep diving on Instagrams to figure out relationship statuses uh-huh. and whether this was happening and yeah. Instagram comments. Um, yeah, yeah. And Gail and Tom agree that they should. Padma disagrees <gasps> what's your problem Padma why why was does she have any backup on that what like not it was it was a very quick hold up a sign mm-hmm. that they printed out on their home printer clearly because Tom's was a different color because he clearly was out of the like red colored ink it was incredible I forgot they probably would have done it all from home because last time they all did it in studio Andy Cohen got COVID one day later. <laughs> Do you remember that? Yes. I had forgotten, but yes. Yeah. And everyone was tweeting Padma, like, did you get COVID from Andy Cohen? She's like, no. <laughs> what a season. I did enjoy the season. It sucks that it has to be like this. Um, I hope we do more Top Chef judges in the future. Mm-hmm. That's really exciting. I think it 
made for a great TV show. Cause it's not even, it's just like, we're bringing the contestants back. Like they very much had great things to say, uh, excellent feedback, et cetera, et cetera. So Emily, I love that portion of it, the yeah. bringing the all-stars back again, I'm pretty new. So I don't have a huge, um, uh, knowledge otherwise, but I love that. That was like my favorite part. I thought for how diverse this cast was, it was so awesome for them to serve their food to like such diverse judges. Too. Yeah. Um, because there was just so many different palettes and styles and everything in that, um, you know, judges table that it just added so much to, you know, the diversity of this cast and them being able to showcase their food. We, we saw Shoda um, make the beef tongue in this episode and uh, Lee, Ed, Ed. Lee, Ed, Ed Lee, um, he, uh, he was like emotional about it. Right. Yeah. And that's that just so cool. cool. It's uh just it was just such a neat part of it all i thought yeah i really hope they keep the all-star judges i also love the selection of all-stars that it was i love that it wasn't just the winners i love Mm -hmm. that we saw ed lee who didn't make like the final four and he was on the terrible texas season and he was still there and still felt like he made an impact um his book buttermilk graffiti if you haven't read it, it is one of my favorite books. It was so brilliant. If you love reading about food writing and you love like a travel book, like it's a, or if you love Americana, like it's a fantastic book. Yeah. I also, I love to see Dale Talday who that was in my big top chef rewatch, his arc from being this sort of hothead in Chicago. That was kind of a douchebag and kind of sucked. So then coming back like very shortly after in All Stars as like the most likable male on that cast. I mean, that wasn't hard. <laughs> exactly. True, true. Um, but it was such a character shift. And then he was cooking really exciting food. And to see him come back so much later and just I I know some people weren't a fan of his judging. I love to see him back. I loved him ordering seconds of ice cream. Um, so seeing the show really bring in Faces that we haven't seen in a while and faces that were both the ones we were really excited to see again. Like we always see Brooke. I love her. Happy to see her. Friend of the pod. Um, best it, friend of the pod. Best friend of the pod. Um, but it also was really nice to just see some of those older faces that we might not always see and didn't really expect. Yeah, it was really cool to see them. I loved, I loved cycling through people. Um, Ethan, who was your favorite guest judge? Um, I, I did actually like funny that you say not a lot of people. Well, some people didn't like, uh, Dale's critiques because I thought it was awesome. I thought he was very passionate about it. He had no problem calling out Don for leaving stuff off the plate. He was irate about it. And it was just so funny and cool. I love Gregory. Um, you know, like when he just has that little like grin on his face, when you look over at him, you're like, he is enjoying that yeah. a lot. Um, so I love like him. Yeah, it was, uh, there, there was a lot of good ones, actually. The selection was really good. Emily, who is your favorite? I think I got to go with Mo- It was so nice to see Melissa again. I think after the journey that was watching her win All-Stars 2, just seeing her back on my screen was so exciting. Also, like getting Melissa and Kristen Kish just like in the frame together at the same time broke my brain. That was incredible. I love Melissa so much. I think she has to be my favorite. God, I love her so much. It's not fair. It's not fair. I just and I, I love the way she talks about food. I love the way she approaches critiques, which is like, very fair and reasonable mm-hmm. and like she can back up what she's saying 
I think she's very smart. I think she's creative. I think she's compassionate. She's just a really wonderful judge. And honestly, if they made her a, a permanent fourth judge, I would be thrilled. Yeah, I think, too, thinking of her Top Chef journey of going from her first season where she seemed so not fully confident and realized and then coming back. She wasn't and- even like a part of that season. Yeah, she was completely invisible, and I think she made it to maybe the final four. Final three, even, I think. Final three, even, but it didn't feel like she was there, and then she comes back, and it's just such a force, and to have someone who knows sort of both sides of the experience that way, I think yeah. is really great. I was just really excited by everyone they were bringing back every week. I was just like, oh, like, I'm so excited to see this person. I can't wait. Um, But it was, I hope they keep doing this. I hope they do it. Uh, Emily, every week we talk about what we've been making. What have you been making? Yeah, I haven't been making too much. Um, I do a meal kit service. I use Sun Basket, so I've been doing that. Um, and then I ordered, I got some poke today. I got some sushi a couple nights ago from a place in Brooklyn where I'm at that is basically in like the back of like a little like grocery store, like bodega, and it's very Ooh. good. Um, it's called Pine Tree Sushi for any listeners in Brooklyn, but I am a big fan of it. So I've done that. Um, and then next week, I'm very excited for what I will be eating. Because, Tell us. Yes. So I am going to be visiting uh, one of my friends out in Vegas. So we have reservations for Jamie's Black Sheep. So I'm very, very, very excited for that. I, I can't wait for you to tell me everything about it. I'm so excited. Yeah. Have you already like cruise the menu and like have an idea or are you just going into a blind? Oh, I've completely cruised the menu. My <laughs> friend is bringing her boyfriend so that we can order more dishes and share more dishes. <laughs> I'm so excited. Are you like just always pick, a menu cruiser? Yes. Yeah. Of course. I'm a yeah. big, big planner and it's like you gotta figure out your your method of attack. Wait, Emily, you're you're also a Capricorn, right? Yes. Yeah, you and Ethan are very similar in like nice. In your planning vibe, because <laughs> yeah, Ethan's yeah. like, I can't go to that place. I don't know what their menu is. I it's not it's not online. Or like if if a menu is online but the price is not beside it, we will not be attending that establishment. Ethan, are you at the level of looking up the restaurant or also the location tag on Instagram to get a visual of the food before you I order? Have, I have to see the food because sometimes you do, it doesn't do it justice, especially higher end food. It's like, I don't know what that's going to look like. I need the picture. I'll do anything to find it. Oh, yes. Yeah. So the places where they just tell you the ingredients and don't tell you anything about how they're <laughs> yeah. prepared. Yeah. Yeah. Just <laughs> just write like flour, eggs, salt. I'll just figure it out when I get it, I guess. Thanks. <laughs> no, I'm not about it. I need to know. How else am I going to be in the mood for short rib? If I don't already know, I'm going to have short rib. Yeah, Ethan will also like prepare like his eating throughout the day to reflect what he's going to have at the restaurant. I'm going to say one of the most devastating things that can happen to me is to learn the menu online doesn't match <laughs> the menu in the restaurant. And uh, that item is no longer available. <laughs> that happened to me one time we went to a restaurant because I love uh, like looking at the menu is ahead of time is less like planning for me and more like like visualizing and like having a great time thinking about it Mm -hmm. um and one time we went to a restaurant and it was really all i wanted was these like fish tacos 
And I got there and they're like, no, that the website menu is out of date. Like, you don't have those. And I was just like, you got to come back to me. I don't know what yeah. I want. What and other I've choice never, do I have to, yeah. but to burn this place down? Yeah. And I've never the come back to me person. I always know what exactly what I want. Yes. Yeah. I'm very excited for this trip also because the friend that I'm going with, we plan where we are eating next at the place we are currently eating. So it's very much a food focused uh, like friendship. I love this for you. Where else are you planning on going? Um, I was trying to think. Uh, so we're doing Vegas um, and then we're going to Zion. So a coworker recommended a place out there that apparently has uh, spaghetti squash enchiladas that are really good. Oh, um, so that's on the list. Um, going to hit up also while we're in Zion. There's a Culver's there, which is a Midwest based uh, fast food chain that does butter burgers and fried cheese curds. OK, I and love a fried cheese curd. It's so good. It's um, I go a lot when I'm visiting family in Wisconsin. So I'm very excited for that. And then I'm going to go to California for several weeks where I will be having a lot of in and out a lot of California burritos with the French fries inside and um, my favorite sandwich ever, which is a spicy chicken melt at a place called Shea New in San Diego. Oh, man, what a trip. Yeah, I'm mostly just thinking about the food I'm eating there. (laughs) Really? Yeah, honestly, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we that, we have a little good. like um a glamping trip coming up soon and we've just been looking at the restaurants nearby and planning on like what we're going to eat and yes. it's all we've been thinking about. What's on the list? Um well the included is like a dinner at the winery restaurant um near the campsite so I we're very excited about that. Um Yes, I'll be getting a I already know that I'll be getting a duck confit pizza there. Ooh, yeah, with uh, I think that's so cheese and uh, something else on it. Yeah, I already know that. That one's a done. <laughs> yeah, and there's this place called uh, Sandbar on the Beach. It's a small restaurant, and um, we went there a couple of years ago, and it was just like we just kind of drove by it, and we're like, uh, I guess there. And the food was so unbelievable. And we were recently looking at the menu, and we we're just like, we have to go twice to get everything we want that's the best so that i'm really looking forward to ethan what have you been making this week ethan has taken a lot of the dinner um cooking responsibility in our household the last two months because my work schedule is just a little wonky in a way that i can't cook dinner but i'm home for dinner (laughs) so you've been taking you've been taking a lot of that on yep i don't mind i don't i don't do anything too crazy when i'm you know, for us, we made sausage last night. We had pretty good steak tonight. Really good steak um, tonight. Last Gotta... week was our friend Nathan's birthday, so we made him dairy-free brownies Ooh. and a great potato salad. That Ethan is to the really good at potato salad. My thing. <laughs> yep, uh, that's probably about it. Yeah, what if, did I make anything this week? I don't. Think you made so. a lovely loaf of bread like a week ago. Yeah, I guess so. And I tried to make potato pancakes in a, that my dad always made, which is like using old, not old, like leftover mashed potatoes. So I had to like call my mom to like ask her how to do it. And they tasted good. They just weren't like as crispy as they should have been. The oil could have been hotter. I'm just always very anxious when it comes to hot oil. <laughs> yeah, you uh, you cut up some meat and cheese earlier in the week. I'm great at it. Didn't make it, but you cut it. 
That's true. And and the market, the market in town is open. So I do like going there every couple of weeks and just getting a couple of fresh veg and fresh fruit. Just like seeing what's in season. Oh, we made a salad. Okay. We made a salad this week featuring lettuce that we grew. By that, I mean, we bought the lettuce plant and it grew bigger (laughs) than we ate it. That's a big accomplishment. We didn't start it, but it we made it bigger. It still grew under your care. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Which is and I, not the case for the herbs. <laughs> no. And I harvested it in the rain and it was just the most mountain man moment of my life. Just like, oh, I grew this and I'm picking it in the rain. Yeah, we should grow potatoes next. Potatoes? Okay. We're trying, we're attempting what is in our garden? Green beans. Yep. Lettuce. Uh, Yep, peppers. Peppers. One hot variety and one yeah. sweet variety. Yeah, and we saw one today that was like starting to grow and we were really excited. The green beans, I don't know. Like when do we even harvest green beans? Like when are what when do green beans? Well, I bought some at the market this week, so probably this should be the season. When do green beans grow? A couple of farmers here. <laughs> just one Brooklyn gal and a couple of kids with a <laughs> with a raised planter bed. Yeah, I I think green beans are always in season. Just kidding. Anyway, I don't know anything else. Emily, where can people find you on the internet if you want yeah. them to find you on the internet? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at underscore Shem. That's underscore S-C-H-E-M. Um, I also occasionally show up on some friends of mine have a hockey podcast. It's called A Couple of Goons, and that's really fun, um, especially as we hit the Stanley Cup final. Um, yeah. I'm, like, starting to realize that you guys could be best friends without me. And this I don't feel good about good. it. Yeah. I feel like you guys are going to cut me out of this. And just talk about all the things you like without me. That sounds great. I made a note of the podcast name. I'm in. Amazing. I'm a sour Toronto Maple Leafs fan, though, so I'll wait till next season. Yes. (laughs) Where else can people find you? I cut you off rudely. That's it. All right. Ethan, do you want people to follow you? I usually just tell people that if they follow you, they will see plenty of me. Yeah, I think that's right. <laughs> so if you want to follow me at HStrong on Twitter and at HStrong underscore on Twitter and Instagram. Um, also go my book account at the Strong Library. Bachelor podcast. Woo, swing happening. Uh, and then I also joined Kirsten McInnes and um, Puya and Brian to talk about Too Hot to Handle last week. What a cluster F, and it was great fun. <laughs> I love it. It was great. God. Where's Did you Lana? enjoy the season of Too Hot to Handle, Emily? I enjoyed it better than the first season I watched in the pandemic in one day, and then I got mad at myself for spending a day watching it. <laughs> I was that angry about it, but this was definitely a lot better. Um, but it's still, I think, I have frustrations with the concept as a whole, but mm-hmm. it was mm-hmm. good. I thought it was a better cast. Um, I'm excited for Love Island to start up and all of that. Ethan, are you going to watch Love Island? Um, maybe. If it's Ethan, on. are you going to let me watch Big Brother? <laughs> no, 
We're not watching Big Brother. Please, it looks start, good. I really want to watch it this season. We start Big Brother. I become emotionally invested, and then we, you just cut it out of my life, and you're like, <laughs> we're not watching that. <laughs> well, it's, it's on to, too much. I know, but now I don't work at night, so it's easier to keep up on it. Yeah, no, okay, so you keep up on it, but we don't watch it, and then I'm just like. I wonder what ended up happening. And you're like, oh, this person won this challenge. And then they were the head of household. And you know everything still because you're so plugged in. And I just, I don't know. Uh, sounds like you need to get our Twitter account then. Um, follow Kurt Clark at Kurt Clark. And then follow Tanya at LK Starks. There's no numbers in that, I don't think, right? Let me just double check. Yeah, at LK Starks. Follow them. They're fantastic. I love them very much. Um, I had a great season. I I had a great time podcasting about the season. All of our guests who came on, Chefs Jim, Bryce, Brooke, Rourke, Emily, and Ethan. Thank you. Thank you all. Thank you all for listening. Thanks for being here. Thanks for listening to me laugh at my own jokes. Thanks for listening to me cry about things. And I hope you guys all had a very nice time. And um, see you in the fall for Bake Off, hopefully. I'm hoping. I'm hoping I have a great time watching Bake Off. And until then, pack your knives and head on out. Bye! Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply